I'm excited to have you here today. Um, we're taking this on. This is a family Sunday. Every time we have a fifth Sunday, we take just some moments to keep the kids in with us and uh, have some lessons together, some worship time where we can all be together as families. And um, great to have you here today as families. Uh, Pastor Sean will continue on with our Colossians series next week. So be uh, reading ahead in Colossians and we'll get right back to that series uh, next Sunday. I, uh, and most of us living in this area uh, can relate to this, we really don't know what it means to be in a place where water is scarce, right? <laughs> um, one of the driest cities in the U.S. is Yuma, Arizona. It gets three inches of rain annually. We get 39.3 inches of rain annually in Cleveland. And I think this year it feels like we've already had a significant amount of that rain. And um, I, never, I don't know what it's like not to be able to quench my thirst. You know, I have water available to me. I, backstage here we have layers of bottled waters and I, you know... Or I don't know what it's like to, to not know what I'll eat or if I'll have food. Um, we just have such an abundance, don't we? Uh, we have two McDonald's, two Burger Kings, soon to have two KFCs and two Taco Bells. We, we make jokes about that, but I mean, how, seriously, how, do you ever worry that you're not going to have food to eat? Well, the situation couldn't have been more different for a group of God's people, the Jewish people, when he led them out of Egypt out of their bondage. Moses, you know the story, and the Red Sea parts, and the people of God move out. But the, God took them into a wilderness, and there was no McDonald's there. Uh, they didn't have cases and cases of bottled water. And uh, it was just really a dry, arid place. This picture just shows the wilderness area around Mount Sinai. Can you imagine being in that place? And uh, knowing you're going to be there for a while, and knowing the, the little bit of food you were able to grab on the way out of Egypt and take with you isn't going to last too long. What am I going to have to drink? But God provided, you know, who needs McDonald's when you have God, you know? God is, he showed the people something. He said, no, I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to provide for you. And so he did provide for them, right? You know the story of the manna. Children, do you remember the story of manna? Does that word mean anything to you? Manna? It was like uh, dew. It came with the morning dew and it landed on the ground. The Hebrew word for manna sounds like, what is it? <laughs> the people looked out there, what is that? And, but it, they, they went out and it was food for that day, bread that they could gather. And when they were thirsty, what did God do for them? He provided water, even in the wilderness. Water gushed forth out of a rock. That happened several times that, that God provided for them what they needed. And so the people learned that, listen, even in the wilderness, God can take care of us. His, his provision is there. And he was with his people. He led them by this uh, pillar of fire at night and a, a, a pillar of cloud in the daytime. He was with his people and he was taking care of them. Now, God wanted them to always remember that. He knows that we forget stuff, right? I'm forgetting a lot more stuff a lot easier these days. But we forget things. And so God says, I want you always to remember how I took care of you in the wilderness. So he instituted one of the annual feasts so that they would remember this. And it was called the Feast of Tabernacles 
or the Feast of Booths. In Hebrew, the word is Sukkot. Uh, Sukkot means booths. And what he said, he gave some instructions to the people, and I want to read it. It's found in Leviticus chapter 23. It says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day of this seventh month, and for seven days is the feast of booths to the Lord. And you shall take on the first day the fruit of splendid trees, branches of palm trees, and boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. You shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It is a statute forever throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell, listen to these instructions, you shall dwell in booths for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in booths that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I provided for you. And when you live in these temporary shelters and you have this feast, I want you to rejoice. I want you to rejoice. God wants his people to rejoice. How about that? He wants God's people, he wants his people to know, hey, rejoice in me. I've provided for you. I've taken care of you. And when you were in the wilderness, I gave you what you needed. And uh, these were the instructions that uh, God gave to the people. It was reiterated in the book of Deuteronomy because the people, this feast was in the fall usually after the harvest time, and the people were to remember not only what God did for them in the wilderness, but what he continued to do when they arrived in the land that he provided for them. He sent rains, and the crops grew, and he prospered them. And this is what it said in Deuteronomy. You shall keep the feast of booths seven days when you have gathered in the produce from your threshing floor and your wine press. You shall rejoice in your feast. Here's why you're to rejoice Because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands so that you will be all together joyful. (laughs) Please, friends, we know that there are difficulties in in life, but we are to rejoice in the provision of our great God. So the people created or made a booth, a sukkah. And so we have a sukkah here that's ready to be assembled. I just need some helpers. So if I can invite those kids back up, those of you up through fifth grade, uh, I need some help putting this suka together, okay? Come on up, help me. All right, somebody's got to hold this for me. Ah, can somebody hold that right there? Come on up, keep coming, come on. Okay, this one's going to go over this way. Just hold that there for now. Gee, I think I ate too much last night. Okay. All right, here we go. We're going to pick this one up this way. Okay. Come on up, guys. All right, let's keep it about here. Okay, now this one goes up. Keep holding. You guys got that one? Okay. All right, we go to this, and then see, there's a little pin here. See this? And that goes in this hole. And then there's one down there. Can you help me get that one in that hole? There you go. Okay, now hold it steady. Let's get this one up. You guys are doing great. Okay, that goes in that hole. Can you get that, see that pin down there? Can you get it in the hole? There you go. Watch your finger, don't pin. Okay, now, keep holding it. We've got pieces of rope here. Everybody hasn't done anything yet. Come on back, get a piece of rope. 
Get a little piece of rope. There you go. There you go. We're going to tie it so it doesn't come apart. That's it. You can put it right around there. You can put one like right around here. And you, some of you can go down a little bit lower. I don't know how to tie. Well, if you don't know how to tie, <laughs> that's okay. You do the best you can. That looks good. Yeah, you did. What do you mean you don't know how to tie? You did great. I didn't know that was Yeah. yeah. It was a lucky try, he said. He didn't know how to do it. It's just a lucky try. Okay, we doing good? We tied up? You guys got some? Put it right down here. We need some down here. Put it through like here, and then come out over here. And do you want to put one right here? Yeah. Okay, I don't think it's coming apart now. Okay, now the next step is we have a little roof to put on it. This is the, and you know why their roof didn't have to be totally covered? You know why? Because there wasn't a lot of rain there. So they didn't make the roof with the, so it wouldn't, the rain wouldn't have to come there. Okay, pick that end up. Let's see. Let's go. Okay, let's put it over. There we go. That pretty good? Now, they used to put just those, remember those palm branches that talked about and how the people waved and stuff? So we put that on top. So there's, there's pieces of vines and branches, and you got to put that up on top. Got to throw it up on the top there. Tell me not. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> this is going just the way I planned it. Whoa. Yeah, you can do that. Hey, our suka's looking pretty good. All right, let's give him a hand. Woo. Okay, have, go ahead and come right down on the floor here, guys, and just have a seat right down on the floor here. I'll talk to you about something else, and then we're going to do one other thing. Boy, that looks pretty good. All right. But listen, this, this was to remind the people. Can we take a picture in there? You know what? You can, right after the service, okay? I'll leave it up, and you can come up and get a picture in the sukkah. And this was to remind the people, though, that even when they had to live in temporary shelters, they didn't have nice houses yet. They lived in tents and temporary things. God was with them, and God took care of them. And when they were in the land... It just reminded them that God was taking care of them every day, and he was providing the food that they were going to eat. There was something else during the feast that happened. It was called the water-drawing ceremony. And this would have been taking place in the days when Jesus was on the earth. And here's what happened. They, they had in the temple an altar, and the priest would take a pitcher and he would walk to this pool that was outside the temple. They'd all leave the, the temple. They'd walk. And it was called the Pool of Siloam. And he would walk. And all the other ones would follow him. We're going to do this in just a minute. And then he would, when he got to the pool, he dipped the pitcher into the water. And then he'd bring him back. And while he was doing this, there were singers and there was rejoicing and people were clapping and singing to the Lord. And when he got back into the temple, the priest poured the water into, over the altar. 
And you know what that was to symbolize? It was to symbolize when they were out in the desert, God had provided water for them that came out of the rock. And so they wanted to remember, what's that? There was a little bit of water. <laughs> we used it for a service, so there was a little bit of water in there. Okay. Oh. I love kids. I just love them. You're absolutely right, big guy. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to reenact this. So who wants to be my, the guy that carries me? Okay, you can do that, Larissa. Okay? So Larissa's going to carry the pitcher. Now, don't go yet, though. Okay? Miss Linda's going to lead you out. We're going to go into the kitchen. You're going to fill this pitcher up with water. Yeah, I know. The whole pitcher? Your whole pitcher. The whole pitcher. And I'm going to have to hold it with two. Yeah, well, she's going to hold it. But you guys are going to follow her, and we're going to be, like, clapping and kind of rejoicing a little bit. When you come back, Larissa, just stand right here, and then I'll tell you what to do. Okay, I'll end the music. I'll tell you what to do. Okay, now don't go yet. Don't go yet. Okay, guys, we need your help in the congregation because it was a joyous time. And so I'm going to play a song called Havenu Shalom Alechem. Huh? Havenu Shalom Alechem, which is, oh God, we beseech thee, send your peace upon all of us. And it's a joyful song, so I'm going to need your help to rejoice while I'm playing it. And then uh, we'll get the procession started, okay? So here we go. We're to rejoice because we were in a desert and God gave us water to drink. So we rejoice. We give him thanks. So what would happen right now, put this next slide on, as the priest would pour this on uh, water in, this next slide would be, that's the one, they would all say, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Let's say that together and Larissa's going to pour that water right into that Right there, okay? With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Isn't that awesome? That's what they did. Now, that was the practice when Jesus attended the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, kids, you did a great job. Go ahead and have a seat, okay? Now, there's something I want you to know that... This was full of symbolism for the Jewish people. Some of it looked back to when God did provide that physical water for them in the desert, in the wilderness. But it was also something 
that they looked forward to, that God not only saved them in the past, but he was saving them in the present. And salvation was not just to be saved from something, it was to be with God. If you were with God, you were experiencing his salvation. He was the wellspring of joy. Isaiah, just in the verses just previous to this, Isaiah uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it talks about God being the one. God is my salvation. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Yahweh is our salvation. So to have him in your life is to be saved. And then it looked forward to a time when the Messiah would come and he would save. So this had all these uh, nuances to their ceremony. Now Jesus attended the Feast of Tabernacles when these things were going on. And John records what happened at one of those uh, feasts that he attended. And it's in John chapter 7. I'd like to, if you have a Bible, you can turn to it. We're just going to look at a couple of verses. But John chapter 7, starting in verse 37. It says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, so in other words, this feast has been going on every day. They've been, in the morning, they'd go out from the temple, they'd have that procession and everybody, and they'd come back on the last day, on the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Can you imagine? In this ceremony in the temple, and they're celebrating God who is the wellspring of life, and Jesus says in a loud voice, if anyone in thirsts, let him come to me. Wow. See, you're to go to God to have your spiritual thirst satisfied. And Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. He's claiming in that moment to be God, to be the Messiah. And he's asking people to come to him and to believe in him. If anyone thirsts, do you notice, are you thirsty today? Do you notice that God is so gracious? He doesn't, he gives us freedom to come to him. He doesn't compel us to come. He wants us to come. And he says, find your satisfaction in me. Come. Are you thirsty? Are you guys thirsty? You know what it's like to be physically thirsty. Are you thirsty spiritually? Do you want more of God? Seriously, do you want more of God? Because if you don't want him, if there's no thirst, you won't come to him. But Jesus says, come to me. What did he say? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What's the promise? They will be satisfied. I'm telling you, young people, middle-aged people, older people, there's no satisfaction spiritually apart from Jesus Christ. 
you won't find it. You might try to quench your thirst, your spiritual hunger and thirst some other way, but you'll never be satisfied. Jesus says, come to me, everyone who thirsts. And he says, come to me and drink. Drink. Come to me. When you drink something, you take it inside of you. It becomes inside of you. It, it, it's not like you can take Jesus in simply by knowing who he is intellectually or having a religion that you just practice by rote, a religious practice. No, you have to take him in. You do that by faith. And it always includes repentance. Repentance. You have to leave where you're at to come to Jesus. Kids, when, you, when I asked you to come up here to help me, you had to leave where you were at. You couldn't. Now, if you stayed where you were at, you would have missed out on building this wonderful sukkah. <laughs> you had to leave where you were at to experience this. And Jesus says, you have to come to me. You have to leave your self-centered way of living. You have to leave like thinking you own your own life and, and I'm going to do whatever I want in my life. No, God says, I gave you your life. Honor me. And what's more, I'll satisfy you. I'll satisfy you. I'll give you, there'll be like rivers of living water that flow outside of, from inside out. And in fact, it'll even be a blessing to a dry, weary, desolate world. So I say to you, have you repented? Have you come to Jesus? Is he your savior? Is he your all in all like the, the, worth, the worship team was singing? If not, come to him today. I ask you, come. It's actually Jesus that his invitation stands. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Come and drink. And then out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. John adds commentary that he's speaking about the Holy Spirit who had yet not been given permanently to believers. That doesn't mean the Holy Spirit wasn't active and working in the Old Testament, but he did not permanently indwell people in the Old Testament, believers. He came upon people for certain tasks and for certain leadership. But the Spirit, Jesus had not yet been crucified. He had not yet raised from the dead. He had not yet ascended to the Father. But ever since that time in the day of Pentecost, God has provided his presence to live with inside of us. He's provided that for us. He says, I want to be with you. I don't want you just to have a religion that you're practicing. I want to be actually inside you. I want to produce things inside you that's like a living spring of water. There will always be a supply because I'm an I'm a all-giving God. I'll be your supply. Friends, are you experiencing that in your life? Come to Jesus. Help Ask him for his grace. Ask for that filling of his spirit in your life. If you're a believer in Christ, maybe you've strayed. Maybe you know something's wrong today in your life. I'm not where I need to be. Well, Jesus says, come to me. Come back. Surrender. Repent. Come to me. And you'll experience the living waters afresh and anew again. Friends, these booths, the booths that the Jewish people made were a reminder that life is transient. Right? They weren't going to live in this forever. There's a sense of which our bodies are sukkahs. 
Our physical bodies are not going to last forever in this life, but God has made us for something more. He's made us to be with him forever and ever. Friends, that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Life is transient, and we are dependent on God for everything. If you might be here and you're mixed up, you think you have it all together, you think you can provide everything you need, you can't, no person can. And you'll be empty and lost without him because he made you for himself. So come to him today. God has given us a provision. That's one of the, the, the major themes of the Feast of Tabernacles. He's provided. He provided physical bread, physical water, but he also wants to provide spiritual bread, the bread of life, Jesus himself, and spiritual water, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. He wants to do that. Would you remember today God's provision and God's presence? He wants to be with you. Worship team, would you come? We're going to close. But I just end with the words of Jesus who said these very familiar words. But I'd like you to hear it as from him today. Come to me, Jesus says, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many of you just need some rest? Some spiritual rest. Just a sense of God is with me and helping me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Be yoked to Jesus. You'd say, well, that doesn't sound very good. Well, yes, it is. It's very good. Be yoked to him. Why? Because he is gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Kids, we love you. We're so thankful for you. Uh, the message of today is always come to God. Always, always believe in Jesus. Live for him. Honor him. Keep growing in him. And adults, it's the same message for us, isn't it? Give your life to Jesus Christ. The, the youth are going to just lead us in a song. It says, oh, come to the altar. His hands are open wide. So even today, maybe you need a fresh start. Maybe you need some living water. I don't know what God would do here today, but let's have faith to believe. Come to Jesus today. Reach out to him. Let me pray, and then we'll sing this together. Havenu shalom alechem. O God, we beseech thee. Send forth your peace upon all of us and help us to know that that peace, that provision is found in the person and work of Jesus Christ and the ongoing work of the indwelling spirit to all who would believe. If there's anyone here today who's just thirsty, there's a dryness of life that, that perhaps they've never reached out to you. Maybe they didn't even know that you had more for them. Would you give them grace to leave where they're at? and move to you, come to you. May they see your arms are still open wide to receive any person who would reach out to believe in you. And God, give us thankful hearts. Give us hearts that rejoice in you because you've been so good to us. 
and you sent your son into this world that we might be delivered from a far greater bondage than that of Egypt so many years ago. But the bondage of our own sins that would have kept us from you forever. Oh God, what a great salvation. You are the wellspring of our salvation. We rejoice in you today and we thank you. Do your work in my heart today, Lord, in the hearts of all of us who are here. We love you and just rejoice in you, our great God. In your name we pray. Amen.